Welcome, everybody, to episode number five of the He Said, She Said podcast. A week late. You can blame my computer for that. I'm yeah, Reality Steve. Yeah, I know. I'm Reality <laughs> Steve. This is Ashley Spivey. Ashley, how are you? Hi. Great. Interesting calls we got uh, this week. We've got uh, Mallory in North Carolina. We've got Danielle in Canada. Danielle talks about something that I brought up in a podcast a while back in regards to in-laws and children and how that all works and the dynamic. Um, Mallory is has a somewhat serious issue where she lost her virginity to a dude who essentially ghosted her, and she had to deal with that, and that sucks. So we'll get to those calls in a minute. How have things been going with you, Ashley? Are you enjoying Bachelor in Paradise? <laughs> uh, I didn't even watch the last episode, and I didn't care. <laughs> Okay. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Well, this is airing on Tuesday, the 11th, so, and we're recording it before that. So Monday's episode hasn't aired yet. Last night's last night would have been the finale. Tonight is the reunion show. Uh, so anyway, let's not talk about Paradise. I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> it sucks this season. Woo. We talk about Colton. Colton's our new Bachelor. How about that? <laughs> oh man i mean listen i i i know you're a fan got a lot of hate for my thoughts on this so i don't even know if i want to talk about it um but i i feel like he is a safe option and after kind of all of the scandals that they endured during becca's season and even with how horrible leo turned out to be um He's kind of the answer to all of that. And not that Blake and, uh, uh, why am I, Jason, uh, weren't great. But I think that Colton just seems like the ideal bachelor type. It's who they've had a lot of success with in terms of, you know. He just looks the part, you know, doesn't he? Like you see, you see the promo picture of him and it's just like, he looks like the bachelor. And I said this when I wrote the column, I'm like, when I first found out Colton Underwood was a con- contestant on Becca's season, and then I saw the intro package with the charity foundation and the kids and giving vests to cystic kids with cystic fibrosis, I was like, okay, this has Bachelor written all over him. And then yeah. he got the edit that he did over <laughs> Becca and Paradise, and I'm like, gosh. you know, The fact that they showed the Raven conversation with Tia saying, I don't think that he's a good fit for you I don't I think he goes after the it girl when they show that I'm just like yeah there's no way they're making Colton the bachelor it just seems way bizarre that they would air that but then make him the bachelor like they're putting the doubt in people's minds about Colton's sincerity through Raven and yet and then we see Colton flip-flop what four five different times from last January from when he saw Tia and flew her out to LA for the first time when they saw each other Till this June in paradise, he literally flipped on her, what, five or six times? You know, like, I get when people, I I totally understand people saying, this guy doesn't seem like he's ready to commit. He seems too immature. I get that. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dispute those points. I'm, I, I'm in agreement. Like, I don't think he's ready to settle down and get married. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll end this season in an engagement, but do I think he's going to marry the final girl he chooses? No. But. The thing is, I, I'm i one of these people that's not going to bitch about it. I don't care. It's like, okay, great. He's the bachelor. Like, 
you saw the reaction on Twitter with, oh, my God, why didn't they choose Jason and Blake? Jason and Blake were the two best options, and they chose somebody that nobody wants. Well, apparently that's not going to be the case because come January 2019, you're going to see the show draw six, six and a half, seven million viewers an episode. So just because you don't like Colton doesn't mean millions of others feel the same because I can guarantee you plenty like him and plenty will tune in. So, well, it's like I told you today, I feel like I've never been super excited for the bachelor. Like I didn't even really like my bachelor the most, like (laughs) it doesn't matter. Like, come on now. I didn't even know who he was. Oh. I was like, is this a country singer? Um, but I really just feel like it doesn't matter who the bachelor is. Yeah. Everyone watches for the girls anyway. The bachelor just comes in on every episode and says like 10 words. It's not about the bachelor. And I just, I feel like they're going to have some good girls. It'll probably be a great season. Like if, if people thought it was going to be Blake, Jason or Colton, those are all three great options. It's going to be a great group of girls. Like, well, the other thing, the other thing is, and you and I talked about this is when you talk about this show the next day and, you know, water cooler talk, even though that's such an outdated term, since I don't think people huddle around the water cooler to talk at work anymore. This isn't the office. Right. Um, However, but, you know, talking about this show the next day, the buzz around the show when plenty of people do and plenty of people live tweet the show very rarely are you talking about what the lead did the night before. You're always Never. talking about what the contestants did. Oh, did you see what she said behind her back? Did you see what she said in her ITM? What about that cat fight? Did you see what she was wearing on their date? Did you see, like, you know, going back to Nick's season, did you see Corinne took off her top? Oh, my God, I can't believe she got naked on the first group date of the season. Like, that's what you're talking about. You're very rarely talking about what the lead said or did, if ever. Right. So it doesn't yeah. matter who the lead is. Just like, I mean, maybe Ari when he did that with Becca and Lauren. Well, but yeah. that's at the end of the season. Yeah. It's like what we were saying. The last one that like people really ever talked about was like Juan Pablo. Because yeah. <laughs> he was like easy to make fun of. Yeah. Every episode he was saying or doing something that you were just scratching your head at. Like, what? Or shaking your head at. Like, what? What did he? How did he not understand what Charlene was telling him or something like that? Like, yeah, he was one. But. You know, since then, the Bens, the Knicks, the Aries, you're not really critiquing them as a lead because, let's face it, the Bachelor leads are boring as fuck. They all say the same. <laughs> they all say the same and do the same things every season. They tell the girls, we're going to do this today. And, oh, and, you know, you pull them aside for small talk at the cocktail parties of the group dates and stuff, and it's, there's not a lot of depth to any of these conversations. It's all the same stuff every year. Just no, different people I, yeah. in the roles. That's all it I is. I feel like whatever was cool about them on The Bachelorette, they always like have to drop all of that personality to be The Bachelor. And I didn't find they anything cool about Colton of per- on The Bachelor. Did you find anything cool about, like when you watched Colton on Becca's season, what were your thoughts? Okay, so here's the thing. I actually don't think he was like that entertaining on Becca's season, but I think he was funny on Paradise. He had some funny things he was saying, but see, that's my point is as the bachelor, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I mean, I, I actually thought he was really funny on Paradise, but they're never going to show that with him on The Bachelor. They're never going to. They're going to make him very plain. He's not going to say anything like out of the ordinary. It's just going to be the same manufactured lines. I'm falling in love with you. I can see a connection with you. I'm all in all the shit we hear <laughs> all the time on The Bachelor. Yeah, like what I said, it's just the same stuff every season, just different people saying it, you know? Right. Uh, we, we're What we're going to talk about the most when Colton's season rolls around is the girls. Every, every girl will get judged on what they said, what they wore, how they wore their hair, their makeup, their extensions, everything. Everything we see every season on The Bachelor, people will talk 98% about the contestants, the traveling, their locations, what they did on the dates, and not about Colton as the lead. It's right. irrelevant, you know? So... Those are our thoughts on The Bachelor. You should probably expect that from us because that's kind of it's at this point we're thirty we're twenty three seasons in. But Colton's Bachelor number twenty three. It isn't rocket science. It's the same thing every no. season, just with different people. So Yep. All right, let's get to uh our callers today. Like I said, we got Mallory in North Carolina, Danielle in Canada. I think you're gonna like uh, these two callers. So uh let's get started. Okay, let's bring in our caller. Her name is Mallory. She is from North Carolina. Come on and raise up. Anyway, that's my rap reference for the day. Uh, Mallory, how you doing? I'm good, Steve. How are you? I'm good. What, Hi, uh, Mallory. What, Hi, Ashley. Ashley, what was the song? Was that Petey Pablo? North that Carolina, come on. Pablo. Yeah, come on and raise up. Anyway, uh, all right, Mallory, let's get going. Uh, no more Petey Pablo talk. We'll uh, tell us your situation, and we'll take it from there. So go ahead. Okay, so last November, like the week of Thanksgiving, I met this guy who came by my house to give my family some news about my sister because he'd been staying with her. And... He brought his wife along, <laughs> but he told me later that day that it was basically just a marriage of convenience for them. And um, I was really hesitant at first, but he kept uh, pursuing, it, like, he kept showing interest in me and kept like telling me over and over again, like she doesn't care. She means nothing. And about, about his wife. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I, because of some stuff that I've been through in the past, like I have a tendency to put up a lot of walls with new people, especially guys, but with him, like, I had no desire to put up any walls with him, which freaked me out. So we, but we went from, like, zero to 100 in 10 seconds. And I, um, he knew right from the very beginning that I was a virgin when we met, and he sounded like the perfect guy, gave the perfect response of like, I'm never going to try and make you do anything you don't want to do. If you ever decide you want to go there 
it'll have to be your idea. Like you'll have to initiate it. And I remember thinking like, holy crap, this guy's older than me, way more experienced than me and is respectful. Like how much, how much older? 10 years. Okay. Last November I was 25 okay. and he was 35. Um, so everything seemed like really good for the first month or so and then he just like completely drew back out of nowhere and finally after about two weeks of essentially disappearing on me gave me this whole spiel about how he felt like we had jumped in too fast and he felt guilty because he couldn't give me the time and attention that I deserve because he was trying to get shit straight in his own life and he didn't want to drag me along when he couldn't focus on me and he couldn't be the guy that I deserved. And I had told him from the very beginning that like, even if we couldn't be romantically involved, I still cared about him as a person. Like I still did want to be his friend. And I told, I told him that again, when we had this conversation, New Year's day. And I was like, but you can't shut me out. That's not what friends do. And he says, okay, okay, I promise I'm not going to shut you out anymore. Like, can we please be friends? I really do care about you. And I, when I care about somebody, it's impossible for me to just like stop caring and like cut them off. So I said, okay. Um, and then three weeks later, his phone got disconnected. And I had no warning, so I assumed that I was never going to hear from them again. Yeah. And at that point, I, when that happened, I realized that I'd like completely fallen in love with this guy, and so I was pretty devastated. Um, but like through February and March, I started to like accept the fact that like it was over and. Then at the end of March, he contacts me from a new number and says, like, gives me all this explanation of where he's been and can he please come over and, like, make it up to me. And he gets over here and we're standing outside and he tells me how sorry he is about everything and, like, he knows that he's ruined his, my trust in him, but he wants to earn my trust back. And I straight up told him, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to trust you when you keep disappearing on me. And this was in March? This was right at the end of March. So where are th where do things stand now? <laughs> oh, I'm getting there. Oh. That, 
that's the interesting, they're not the interesting part, the hard part. Um, long story short, over the next, he, he barely lasted about two weeks before he disappeared on me again. <laughs> um, and then he played the whole like reappearing and disappearing game. And because I was so like all in with him, I couldn't figure out how to say no because I've never been in a serious relationship before. And he knew that, like he knew my whole past, including um, the last guy that seriously uh, emotionally abused me. Um, but my birthday was in the middle of June and I, I made this mistake of drinking too much vodka on my birthday and drunk dialed him. And he called me back two days later and I ended up inviting him over and having sex with him that night. Um, the next that, day, was sorry. that the first time y'all had had sex? Yes. Okay. Uh, it was the first time I'd had sex with anyone. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I knew you were a virgin. I didn't, <clears throat> when you said you fell for him earlier than that, I assumed that you had had sex with him, but you didn't have it until June. Okay. No, yeah. I didn't actually have sex with him until, um, yeah, the middle of June. <clears throat> On a drunk dial. <laughs> no, I was two days that. after. Two days <laughs> after, but the drunk dial started it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. Um. The next day, he texted me. Like, wanted to make sure that I was okay, and that I wasn't regretting the night before. And I was like, "No, I'm fine." It, like. It, it was my idea. Like, wh I'm, why would you think I'd regret it? And that was essentially the last time I heard from him. Yeah. <laughs> and I tried to contact him for about a week until I gave up realizing that, or not realizing, but figuring that I was just a conquest to him because you know some guys I don't know it's something about oh they can get a virgin off their bucket list yeah well but I mean that's what it sounds like to me and I hope that this guy whether he tries to contact you again or not I hope that you've kind of you've got to move on from this guy this guy's toxic I mean, it's three different he, three different times that he's ghosted you after he did, he did try to contact me in July um just like out of the blue texted me saying like hey sorry he did, no <laughs> oh. he didn't, it didn't even say that he didn't even say that it was that uh he needed gas money and he could come see me <laughs> Oh my god! 
Sorry to laugh, but that's just too funny. Gas money? What? The guy doesn't have twenty dollars to his name. What the? What the hell? Um, Yeah, I don't. I think this guy is what I call a sociopathic magician. It's someone who constantly lies and disappears in and out of your life. Um, Sounds like my ex. Go ahead. I have a couple of questions, though. Um, You said the first time you met him, he was giving information to your family about your sister. Does your sister know him? Yes. Does she provide, like, any insight into his relationship with his wife? No, I haven't talked to her about any of this. Oh, okay. I, uh, my sister has... A lot of mental issues. Okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I don't really talk to her about anything, let alone any of this. Like, nobody in my family knows about any of this. Mm. Okay. I think, he... I, think, I think one thing that um, I, I, I noticed, obviously, from the, from the get-go, the fact that this guy was married and still married, and I know he said... You know, she doesn't mean anything to me anymore or whatever. I, I, I'm i guessing that probably had played a role in his ghosting to you. He's probably dealing with marriage stuff and whatnot. I mean, as far as you know, he's still married to his wife, like legally. So just that alone should be enough to just, it's too big of a red flag. And then the way he's treated you, couple it with that. I mean, it, it just seems like the whole thing, the whole guy experience with this guy is just way too toxic but Ashley go ahead what do you think oh well I mean building off of that I mean I would say I feel like men that are cheating on their wives usually say the opposite of what's really going on in their relationship and I would bet that his wife is super controlling or something like that and whenever he's been ghosting you, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that maybe she found out about it, especially if he got a new phone or changed his number or something like that. And I mean, that just sounds like a situation you wouldn't even want to get caught up in. I mean, even if he ever did leave his wife, like that just sounds, Oh yeah, I know. It's like ever since June basically I've been kind of beating myself up thinking like how could I have been so stupid to get into this mess in the first place like I was no better I I feel I feel bad that you lost your virginity to this guy I mean it just sucks I mean you can't take it back obviously I, I it I wish it didn't happen that way with you uh but obviously there's nothing you can change about that now. But, yeah, I mean, don't beat yourself up, or up, uh, up over it too much because there's not a lot that can change other than the biggest thing you can do is whenever this guy contacts you again, if he ever does, it's just you have to just cut this guy out. I just, there's there's nothing positive I, that I heard in this phone call to suggest that you should try and pursue anything with this guy. And I, please don't be too hard on yourself. Like you are not the first person that has bought a load of bullshit from a man who is trying to get in your pants. Yeah. And, you know, 
I, I know that losing your virginity is something special. And I know that there's a tendency to be like, oh, why was I so stupid to lose it to this guy? But in reality, I mean, most first times suck. And it's not with a person who you want it to be with. And you're going to have wonderful sex for the rest of your life. And I mean, if anything, try to look at the positives where I think you already know that this guy is not good for you. And now you can just really try to move on and keep him out of your life. Um, I know that you said you've had some um, other negative experiences um, in terms of emotional abuse. Yeah. Um, But just from the things that you've told us in this conversation, it seems like that now you know how to recognize those signs and recognize what's not good for you. So I hope, you know, in your next relationship or the next time you are interested in someone, it's the opposite of these two men. Yeah, that, that's what I've been thinking. It's like, okay, clearly I didn't learn the lessons the first time. Right. But <laughs> I, I think they've stuck now. <laughs> yeah. I, I think they've gotten through my thick head. <laughs> I just like, I wanted so badly to believe that, like, I knew who he really was and he that he wouldn't spend, like, seven months of his life playing a game when he could sleep with my sister <laughs> if he was really that desperate for sex. Right. Hmm. But... And, like, he told me that, like, how much he loved me when he came back in March. And that just, like, pulled me all the way back in. And so it's just been, like, going through the whole process of, did I do something wrong (laughs) other than buy into his bullshit for no reason i he sounds like a con artist he sounds like someone who knows exactly what to say to make you believe that he is the perfect person for you and i'm i'm sure there's some part of him that wants to be that person but at the end of the day i believe that actions show more than words yeah. And while he might have said those things to you, the things that he has done to you are way more important in this situation. Yeah, that's what's finally stuck. It's like what you've done isn't how you treat somebody that you say you love. Exactly. Yeah, I think that Ashley pretty much nailed it. You got kind of scammed and conned by this guy. I think he took advantage of the fact that he knew you would kind of be there because you were less experienced than him. And he just, he totally fed off that and unfortunately kind of used it against you. And and I'm just by nature. I'm like, I, I really invest myself into like all the relationships in my life. Like even with my, just my friends, I, I 
I'm like 100% in with all the people in my life. And I think, like you said, he knew that. And yeah, he probably picked up on that. I'm sure he used that to his advantage. Well, <coughs> yeah, I mean, it's a tough situation. I'm sorry you went through it. I appreciate you, you know, coming on and talking to us about it, but just know that you didn't do anything wrong. You aren't the first person to get sweet talked by a guy and you're not going to be the last. Um, it doesn't make you any less of a person because of it. And I think that you just, you know, you, you take the situation and you're, you're still young and you learn from it and you know, you just try not and you just keep your, keep your antenna up on future guys. And if they, you see similar behavior like this guy gave you, then, you know, be a little more cautious, but you didn't do anything wrong. You just got caught in a bad situation and it sucks and it's unfortunate. And I'm sorry you had to go through it. Um, but my suggestion going forward is to never accept anything. This guy says to you anymore. And I'd block him on all con. you know, who knows when he's going to reach out because he's obviously shown a pattern of he'll go months and then all of a sudden pop back in your life. Cause he needs to fill up his tank or something. You know, it's just, yeah. I would just don't even, go. don't even let this guy don't even have a conversation with him because anything could possibly lead to him apologizing, saying he's sorry, saying he really wants to make it work this time. It's just, no, it's done. It's over yeah. with. I would just, I would definitely, you know, move on. Yeah. And I also need apparently to make a hard and fast rule that if a guy knows either one of my sisters that I need to stay far away from him because the two guys who have badly hurt me, have each known one of my sisters. <laughs> known or dated? Yeah. Known or dated uh, and slept with? One, the first one was my oldest sister's ex-boyfriend. This guy just knew my middle sister. Okay. So, yeah, I'm just, like, just making a rule that if you know either of my sisters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a uh, good rule of thumb, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. But, um, um, okay, Mallory, I do have one more question. And I mean, I hope this is not too personal, but y'all use protection, right? Yes. Okay. Because I don't know why, but whenever you told me, like, I sometimes tend to think the worst. So whenever you told me he called you and like asked that question, I was just like, oh God, like, what if like he has something? And like, I don't know. I like my mind just went to like, protecting you from his like potential awfulness of like STDs and all of their horribleness. So I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, since you mentioned that, like I knew I, I had to be done with him. Uh, Cause a few weeks after that, I, hmm, shall we say, was afraid the protection failed. Uh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you had a late and, one. And all I could think was, holy shit, I do not want to have a kid with him. Yeah. Yeah. Especially <laughs> the first time ever having sex. I mean, what are the odds? Well, I, yeah. guess, it, I guess it has uh, happened before, but yeah, that, so that would suck. That was like the biggest sign for me that like, you really don't want to stay involved with him. Like, yeah, because if your mind automatically goes there, then for sure. I think you know in your heart that he is not good for you. 
Yeah. All right. Well, Mallory, I appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us. Like we said, cut him, cut him off. Don't respond to him. You'll you'll meet somebody a hundred times better than this douchebag. So, um, again, thanks for. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, and um, you know, we'll, keep us we'll, updated. We'll keep, yeah, we'll keep in touch with you and get an update from you in like a month or so. Oh, uh, I I appreciate uh, your guys' perspective. It's nice to get a outside view sometimes. Oh, I appreciate you coming on and sharing that with us. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for telling us all about it, Mallory. Thanks, Have Mallory. a good day, guys. Okay. Bye. Okay, Ashley, Mallory, thank you for Mallory for coming on. The thing that sucks with Mallory is that she lost her virginity to this guy. I mean, that kind of sucks because don't you want your first to be somewhat memorable? <laughs> and this is the image she's going to have of her first sexual experience. This guy who literally ghosted her right afterwards and technically, I guess, was still married. She never said. We never really got an update on where that guy's status was with his wife. So. Yeah, no. I feel like he's a con artist. I doubt she'll ever know the whole truth. Oh, I'm sure. I, I don't. I don't see it happening only because. Why would he tell her the truth? He's done nothing but basically keep her at arm's length and keep her on a string the whole time. Um, yeah. It sucks, but hopefully we helped her in, in some way, shape, or form. You know, I think uh, so. I got a I got a nice tweet from her. Oh, you did? She said that we were really helpful and that she would be sure to let us know if she ever hears from him again or if she needs any more advice. She better hang up on him if he calls. <laughs> I was like, don't answer. Yeah. So, well, Mallory, good luck, and uh, we will hear from you in about a month or so. We'll just check in and see how you are, and um, hopefully things get better and that guy uh, gets out of your life. So let's get to uh, let's get to our next caller. Her name is Danielle. She is in Canada. Danielle, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Hi, Ashley. Hi. So, Danielle, um, so what's, your, what's your situation here? Uh, so basically I had heard, um, I think it was episode three, you had mentioned, um, wondering what people do with, um, the grandparent situation when you have, uh, both families that are relatively close by and how do you split your time? Yeah. And, um, that's definitely something we sort of struggle with. So I have a three and a half year old daughter and then, um, a baby boy who just turned four months. And my in-laws live in the same city, so they're like 20 minutes away. And I grew up in the country, so about two and a half hours away. And holidays are, like, it is the most stressful thing that I think I've experienced hmm. Wait, so in parenthood. His parents are are 30 minutes away? or 20? Yeah, like 15, 20 minutes away. And yours are city. two and a half hours? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's really, I guess my best, like, comparison would be, like, it feels as though it's, like, like a divorced family. Like, you're you're picking sides. And in theory, his family's closer, which is why we see them more often. But I always feel like I'm somehow insulting my family. Like, my family gets sensitive about the fact that they don't see the kids as often, but they could travel here and don't. They 
do you ever feel guilty or do they make you feel guilty because they feel like you're spending more time with his parents than them? Yes. Like bad? Do they throw the guilt trip on you big time? I don't even think, oh, my dad doesn't. My dad, I, I'm a bit of a daddy's girl. My daddy is like, he's as cool as a cucumber and like this big burly farmer man. Um, but I, and I want to say my mom doesn't do it intentionally because I like to think that like, she's my mom. Why would she do that intentionally? Um, but definitely like super makes me feel bad about things. Do you have a, well, I was going to say, do you have a good relationship with your in-laws? Yes. Okay. Is there a reason why they couldn't drive two hours? Um, so my dad has a bad heart. He had a triple heart bypass surgery when I was 13. So uh, 17 years ago, if I'm doing the math correctly. Okay. Um, and my mom has epilepsy. So my mom can't actually drive because her license has been taken. Um, but I mean, I grew up with a large family. Like my mom has 12 siblings. My dad has eight. Jeez. And everybody... My entire family is, like, very close by. My sister lives 20 minutes from my parents. It's not like other people. It could be a road trip. And we've offered to, like, go pick my mom up, and she can come stay with us for a couple of days. And she's like, no, I'm not doing that. Does your sister have kids? She just had a baby boy this past November. Do you hope that maybe that'll be enough to maybe occupy her for a while where maybe she won't focus on it as much um yes but then I also get a little bit jealous like every time my sister (laughs) posts on Instagram I'm like well I want them to be that excited about my kid right no I get that are so are you starting to feel like they like your sister's kids more than you because they see your sister's kid more than yours this this is like therapy um I have felt my entire life that they just like my sister more than they like me Uh, well you just want to see them make that same effort for you well yeah I mean like I have my daughter was their first grandchild right now she's the only granddaughter um I like to think that like I mean I was the oldest I'd like to think that like being the first is important in something yeah yeah, no, I feel you. I'm the same way. <laughs> I'm like, I can't be the only person who has this struggle. Like, other people must have. I'd like to think other people have weird families. Is is it like a? Is it causing a strain? Like, is it really tense? And when Christmas rolls around or something like that, Thanksgiving, is it just this? God, what are we gonna do? Where are we gonna go? Who get, you know, are they coming here? Are we going to see his parent? Like, how is it? Yeah. So, I mean, I've already, I, I feel, so my husband's family does alternate, um, like his aunt hosts one year, his mom hosts the next year. So I already made the executive decision that the years his aunt hosts would be times that we'd go home to spend Christmas with my family. But then my mom's like, well, it wouldn't it be nice if you were here like a Christmas Eve instead of just Christmas morning? And I'm like, guys, your house barely fits the 
three of you, like them and their dog. Now we have two grown adults plus two kids and all of the luggage that children bring. Yeah. And like this freaky old farm home. Like we just don't fit. <laughs> and I'd like to also have some of our own traditions where like Christmas, yeah. like all holidays aren't just spent road tripping somewhere. Do you think if you put your foot down and you were just like, listen, we're going to start a family tradition here. We would love to have you like be more than accommodating in terms of figuring out a way to maybe like help them get there easier or something like that. Do you think if you were like very stern about it, they would do it? Uh, no. No. Mm. Yeah, it's that would just be like a hard no. I my my daddy has I've been in Ottawa for 13 or 14 years now. And my dad came once for my daughter's uh, baptism because I said that like that was that's a big deal. It's okay not to put me first in your life, but you can't not put my child first. Um, and my mom has probably, my mom has definitely come more, I'd say probably like 10 times over the span of 13 years. Wow. Yeah. And I get like passive aggressive text messages if I don't call her every day. I don't have anything more to say. May I ask why your dad hasn't seen you? Has seen you once in thirteen years in your place? Oh no, he. Oh, why he's only come here once? Um, Yeah. I mean, I I know it's two hours, but that's not. That's a car ride. Yeah. Get his heart. I've spent a lot of time like making up excuses as to why he doesn't like any time there's like an event, like my daughter's first birthday. He wasn't. My mom came, but my dad didn't. Um, her second birthday, my mom came, but my dad didn't. Um, and I always am just like, you know, his health isn't the greatest, but like he does other things that are further <laughs> away than two hours. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to so, say like, uh... I mean, his reasoning is like, it hurts his legs to sit in a vehicle for that long. Um, but I'm like, it hurts my ears to listen to my kids scream for two hours in a car because, they're not middle-aged. They don't know how to like control their emotions in a long car ride. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. Say that. I, I, God, this is a tough one because it's like, if your parents aren't willing to make the effort to come see you, I, what else can you do? You can't force them to, you can only suggest it. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's a pickle. Yeah. I, I think I feel like two ways about this just because like, I'm very stubborn and I can tend to be kind of like, well, if they're not going to visit me, I'm not going to visit them. Or, you know, if they're not putting in the effort, I'm not going to do that either. But then I think I, I also, there's a part of me, I think this too is because I lost a parent where I regret ever doing things like that because I think with family, sometimes you have to just be like, you know what, if the other person is going to be stubborn, I'm not going to be that person. And while it sucks, you know, you're going to want your kids to see their grandparents. God forbid anything happens to them. You know what I mean? Oh, completely. 
I think at some point the grudge almost becomes too much and like it sucks so much that they're doing that and like you don't deserve that and I I think it would be so hard to see your parents making that effort for your sister but I think at the end of the day you're gonna feel like a a better person and be happier if you kind of just take the initiative to just do it yourself and just be like, I'm just going to be the better person here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I, I, listen, I know how hard that is. It's, it's way easier said than done. It's just, it's, yeah. And it's just the, like, now that we have like a newborn too, like I finally got oh. into like a good travel pattern with our daughter. Yeah. And, and now it's like that baby, baby stage again. And mm-hmm. I'm like, guys, it would just be so helpful if you just like came to visit me yeah. <laughs> instead of like every time I talk to you, make me feel bad that it's been a couple weeks since you've seen us. Well, in an uh, ideal situation, what ultimately would you want to happen? Um, I would like to, if I send a birthday invitation, know that I'm not wasting the 83 cents on a stamp because the answer is just no. Right. Like, I just want to feel like I'm important. Oh, God, this is like Oprah. I just want to <laughs> feel like I'm important. <laughs> No, you deserve that. Put the effort into something or like not to be making up an excuse why you can't come or making me feel bad because I haven't or making me feel bad if I go and I took my my daughter to go visit my cousin who's like three and a bit hours away because her daughter she has a daughter the same age and they're like best friends and they snapchat each other all the time and it was her big she starts school this year my daughter starts school this year so it was her big like I get to see my best friend Emma Mm -hmm. um before I start school and my mom was like well don't tell um your grandma or any of your aunt and uncles that you're going there because you're not coming here to see your dad like, oh, why do I have to keep visiting other people a secret? Yeah. Right. Like, y'all could come visit me. Roads happen to go both ways. Yeah, they don't seem to understand that concept, or they don't want to no. understand it. <laughs> is do they are? Is everything okay between them and your husband? Um. Yes. Like, my mom and my husband are both very um strong-willed mm-hmm. um and I think my husband takes he knows how upset I get so he is definitely a little bit more like protective of the fact that he knows their actions hurt me but right. he's also like he's always like super nice to them and offering to like when we go there he's offered to make breakfast for everybody and my mom's like you're a man you don't need to cook what us farm wines are for Right. Um, but he also like he's over six feet tall and like I grew up in an old farmhouse where like he can't stand up straight to walk up and down the stairs. Oh, bless his heart. Um, yeah, and yeah, he like he doesn't fit in the bed because he's too tall for my tiny bedroom that I grew up in. Okay. Yeah, no, I get that. <laughs> um wow. Well, 
I mean, it's not terrible what you're dealing with, uh, but I certainly think that you have a right to want your parents to see your kids, and the fact that your dad has come and visit you one time in 13 years is just mind-boggling to me because he's not he doesn't have to get on a plane. He doesn't have to pay for a plane ticket. It's not a five- or six-hour plane ride. It's a two-and-a-half-hour car ride. I... And I can see, like you said, growing up, you always felt they liked your sister more, and this is only adding to it. I mean, it sucks, for sure. Yep. (laughs) I mean, I'm just trying to figure, I mean, is it just really the distance? It's just the two hours that they just really don't want to do? I mean, has something happened in, like, the past, like, ten years or, like... Do they not like the area you live in? Like, is it like... No, like, I mean, and Ottawa's a nice city. It's not like it's a scary place. I live in, like, driving-wise, like, you don't even have to go into the city because I live on, like, their their side of the city. Like, it would be close closer for them to get to. Um, I don't, I really don't know. Like, it's... And it's not like any massive highways. There's lots of pit stops, so you can like rest your legs if you need to. I, I they seem to want to see me as long as I go that way. How often would you say you go and see them? A year. Um, it it depends. So when I was on mat leave with my daughter, I would go a lot more frequently, um, because I was off for the entire year. Um, since having my son, I've been home three times in okay. four months. That's not bad. Yeah. No, well, considering they never <laughs> come like, to see you, three times more than they've probably seen you. So, uh, do, do they feel like you prefer your husband's parents? I mean, even besides the whole, like, the kids get to see them more. Was there any reason why they kind of felt like maybe you were visiting them more before the kids? Um, No, I do think my mom is jealous of the fact that like I get along with his family. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, if I didn't get along with his family, I probably wouldn't have wanted to start a life with him. So, I mean, you should be happy that I like them. Um, but I do think, and I don't even think that it's necessarily that she's jealous that like I get along with them or just that like they get to see me or choose to see us. Yeah. It's kind of how I feel. Like she, even like if we're talking on the phone, she'll like, if I'm like, you know, this happened and like kind of annoyed me but whatever and she'll be like oh yeah I can see why that would really rile you up and I'm like well it didn't rile me up it was just kind of annoying yeah right well Danielle this is something that seems like it's almost one thing where you're gonna have to literally have a sit down kind of what Ashley mentioned earlier just literally have a heart-to-heart with your mother and just lay down the law of I'd really like you guys to see my children more but i can't keep coming out there do you can you make an effort i'm not i don't think i'm asking much for you to get in a car for a couple hours and see your grandkids and you know it's gonna it's probably not gonna be an easy uh conversation to have and 
I don't know how they're going to respond to it, but it's really the only way, way anything's going to get done in my eyes because if you don't say anything, they're not going to think anything's wrong, and they're just going to continue on like everything's hunky-dory, and they're going to continue to not come and see you. In on a two-hour car ride, I just don't get it, but I'm not them. Uh, I don't get it either. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you just need to bring it up to her. I think you really do need to have a talk. If it bothers you this much, then, yeah, you have to bring it up and just say, I'd like you. And you can say it without being mean or rude. Just like, I want you to see the kids more. I want, But can you come out here? I can't always pack up and go and see you. Can you make a trip out here? And, and just see what she says. And you'll get your answer. She'll either hem and haw, which means I'd rather not. And then you're kind of just stuck with, okay, well, my parents aren't going to be involved in my kids' lives, unfortunately. Yeah. I almost feel like that's just going to upset you more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if she doesn't. Yeah, she does and nothing, my mom's not really a human horror, so she'll like she'll tell me why. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, but if you do nothing, then you're just if no action is taken, they're just going to continue the behavior that they're currently doing, which is not offer to come out, and if you don't invite them out, they have nothing on the table for to show up. So, oh no, we definitely invite them lots. Yeah. And they're constantly saying no, huh? Yeah. Like my my mom will be like, Oh, your dad can't come to um to Summer's birthday because uh, you know, he might get called out to work. I'm like, Well, it's a Saturday. He's probably not gonna get called to work. It's it's cool. Yeah. Or crazy thought, he could say no. <laughs> right. Like he doesn't have to go. Yeah. I mean, do you think if you did have that talk with your mom, like anything would come of it? Um, I think she would give me a guilt trip for making her feel bad for expressing my feelings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I almost just feel like. Parents are tricky option. business. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And I mean, I hope this doesn't sound like ageist in any way, but I just feel like when people get older, they just get so set in their ways. Oh, and... that's not that's not ageist <laughs> at all. That's just fact. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, not all old people. <laughs> old, older people. Older. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that's why. I mean, part of me is like, I I want you to like stick up for yourself and just be like, listen. You got to do this. But then at the same time, uh, sometimes you just got to be like, whatever. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> I'm just going to make all the this effort. This is what life is, so yeah. let's just get used to it. Well, hopefully. And I mean, yeah, and maybe if, like, if you just – maybe if on your end, I, I'm sure you're not passive-aggressive to her or whatever, but maybe if you just don't like let it bother you at all, then maybe soon – there could be some room for some sort of compromise. I don't know whether that's like you rent a house an hour close to them and they like drive an hour or something like that. Um, and maybe that's creating a new, new tradition. I don't, this is hard. Like I listen, family stuff I think is one of the most difficult things you can try to deal with. Death. And I mean, it's, it, I think the hardest part for me is that I literally, I grew up in a town of like 50 people and 90% of them were my family. Yeah. 
So I always grew up like every Sunday was dinner at my grandma's house. My cousins were my best friends. And and so it's just hard knowing that my kids aren't going to have that same relationship with the people that I grew up loving the most. Right. Because, I mean, it's physically impossible for me to be there all of the time with them. Um, and they don't put in the same effort or like a tenth of the effort that we do. So that's just, it's just a hard thing to know. For sure. No, it's understandable. I, hopefully, Danielle, it gets better. We got to run. We have another caller ready to go. Um, I apologize for that. Uh, but thank you for sharing this with us. I think. I'm going to need an update on this one. Yeah, I want to We're going to get an, we're going to need an update on this one to see if you say anything to your mother and what her response is cuz I'd really like to know. So All right. I'll, be in I'll keep you posted. Yeah. <laughs> I will be do. in touch with you uh within a month or so and I'll just check in and see how see how things are going. But thank you again Danielle for coming on. Really appreciate yeah, it. Thank you both so much. You got it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Ashley, that was <laughs> That was a tough one only because I felt like we kind of didn't get anywhere. <laughs> well, I mean, no, I mean, I think unless it's your family, it's so hard to give advice about family stuff. I think that's yeah. one of the most difficult topics. Yeah, because everyone's different. You don't know. We don't know anything about her mother other than what she told us. And right. It's tough. And, I don't know. Yeah. We can't just be like, hey, just cut this person out of your life because they're not being great to you because it's your mom, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Uh, I, I I, would never tell her to cut her out. Just no. I think she needs an answer as to – and she needs to put it out there to her mother like, hey, I want you to be part of our kids' lives. Why don't you? And I don't know if she's going to get that answer if she just doesn't say anything. You know? Yeah. But, I think there just seems to be a – a bunch of hurt feelings and sometimes you just gotta be like, I'm just gonna not let this bother me anymore. And either you make the effort or you don't either way in a family, like you're the one that's going to have to live with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to get an update from her in a month or so and, uh, and kind of go from there, but uh, that'll do it for, Episode number, what is this, five? Yeah, episode number five. Uh, thanks to Danielle and thanks to our uh, our other caller, Mallory, on this one. Uh, I appreciate both of those calls. Both interesting. We'll try and update you on those in, in future episodes. But, uh, Ashley, great job per usual. And, uh, and we will, thanks, Steve. And we will talk to you next episode, right? You'll be back doing I'll, the, I'll be back. Yeah, you'll be back doing the <laughs> Ashley thing. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will talk to you next time. See ya. He's telling me no. He's dragging me down. He's leading me on and stringing around.